So what is clean? What does it mean to be clean? Um, whenever I was preparing the message, uh, Emily said, what are you talking about? And I said, how to get clean and how to be clean. And she said, like double shampooing? Yeah, like, like double shampooing, yeah. But seriously, like there's, there's tons of, of standards of cleanliness, right? Like, for example, there's a surgeon who has a standard of cleanliness of doing a five-minute scrubbing just to put sterile gloves on. And then there's food prep workers who we trust have a standard of cleanliness, that they wash their hands. Okay, people are saying no, which I didn't know. I thought, I thought there was a standard of cleanliness. Um, so anyway, both should require clean hands. Uh, but they, they do it different. They do it to a, to a different standard. There's like a sliding scale of what's considered appropriately clean and what's not. Um, I saw the standard of, of clean change uh, last year while we were attempting to stop the COVID-19 virus. I work in healthcare, and I'm telling you, we were cleaning everything, everything. Like, uh, touch something, sanitize. If somebody uses a pen, sanitize it. Someone sits in the chair once, clean it. Um, something isn't washable, throw it out. If it couldn't be cleaned, we weren't using it. Um, we were clean. Maybe we weren't surgically clean, but I guess we were cleaner than um, the, the food industry, apparently. <laughs> uh, and on top of that, we were wearing masks, we were wearing gloves. Uh, our boss brought in like these big goggles that they were like, they said uh, on it, it was like the different uses. One of them was like sandstorms, um, right? Nobody wore them, but, but we had them. We had them if we thought it was important. Um, but I'm telling you, we were clean, like clean, clean. Um, and then this is a few weeks ago. I was doing some work for somebody. I was doing work on an apartment. And I looked, my hands are just nasty. Like, they were just gross. I was like, wow, I got to clean my hands. So it, was, it just rained, and I got down in the grass, and I just wiped my hands in the grass, came up. I was like, yeah, those are clean. Those are clean hands. Um, they were grass clean. They were clean. Um, in that moment, the standard, like, my hands matched the standard of cleanliness. Like, I was just going to go back in and get more trash and throw it out, and my hands are just going to get dirty again. There's no point in doing a five-minute scrub with soap and a toothpick in my nails. Like, they were clean. On that sliding scale of cleanliness, they were the appropriate amount clean. In the video, you saw the surgeon had clean hands. At work, when we were sanitizing everything, we had clean hands. When I was doing work on the apartment, I had clean hands. It looked different but they all match the requirement of the job. They match the standard, that scale. So I was thinking, what is God's standard? What is his requirement of cleanliness? And like, in other words, what do we need to do to clean ourselves up for heaven? Like, do we even need to do anything? Are we dirty? Is there some sort of sliding scale like there is hand washing? Um, is it dependent on our own thoughts of cleanliness and I was curious what other religions said, how, how they deemed themselves clean. Um, before we get into that, we're going to pray, and then we'll get to it.
Dear God, thanks for your word. Thanks for your truth that we can turn to it and that it can give us guidance. I pray that um, you teach us what it means to be clean, how we, how we find ourselves clean, and that we just learn more about your truth and grow closer to you and each other. Give me the right words. Even when I mess up, I pray that you still work through that. Be here. Amen. So I want to first put out a disclaimer. We are going to be talking about um, other religions, and I am not an expert on other religions. So if I have something wrong, uh, I need you to give me grace on that. And I also want you to know that I um, am not promoting the other religions, but just educating. And I was personally curious. These were things I didn't know before looking into it and, and thought it was interesting as um, kind of as a whole people, um, a lot of times, no matter the religion, are, are just trying to work themselves into a state of cleanliness. So um, I grew up next to a Unitarian Universalist church. Uh, I, I hesitate to call them a church because, you know, that's kind of our thing, right? We're the church. Um, and it's complicated to, to say really what they believe since, um, I, like, I was on their official website and it's just a whole like pendulum swing of beliefs within the United, uh, the Unitarian Universalists. And I was curious, okay, how do they think that they get into heaven? Like they don't have any set um, belief system. Um, some of them believe in God, some of them don't. And I thought, well, like how, how do they think that they enter the afterlife? And I was surprised to find out that they actually don't believe in a conscious afterlife. At least most of them don't. Um, so there's no information to be found about that, about, about how they cleanse themselves. Um, but from what I read, it seemed that they were most focused on like community gathering and just um, being together. So we'll use that. Uh, next, I looked at Islam. I want to see how Muslims believe that they get to heaven. And theirs was a lot more straightforward by a different um, set of rules and activities that they had to do, including, but not limited to, um, asking forgiveness, showing good actions in their life, and living religiously. And under that living religiously column, there was um, a lot of, or a few different things. I believe they call them the five pillars. And it included praying five times a day, uh, pay a tax, that goes to the, the poor, fast during Ramadan, and go to Mecca. And I was like, where's Mecca? Um, so if you don't know, it's right there. There. Ah, so that's where Mecca is. So um, they, they say that every able-bodied and person that can financially afford that um, has to make a trip to that pin there, you know, to, to be part of their... Uh, living religiously. Uh, so that's one of the tasks they have to do. Um, next, I wanted to look up uh, what the Hindus did, how they believed they made themselves clean, and they don't actually believe in an eternal afterlife either. Instead, they believe in karma, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, but in other words, doing good. They, they just try to do more good than they do bad um, because they, they believe that it's going to make their next life not their afterlife but their next life they believe life is just 
a series of lives lived. And the better they can be in each life, the better the next life they're going to get. So that's kind of the way that they find themselves um, cleaning themselves, is just trying to get good karma. Uh, and I wanted to obviously look at Christianity. Like, what does the Bible say? Like, how, how do we get clean according to the Bible? And I was on a website. This isn't in my notes, so just bear with me here for a second. I was on a website that was explaining, like, the major religions and what they believed and how they got to heaven. And that website said that Christians believe that we just have to do enough good to get to heaven. Um, which surprised me. Uh, and I'd like to look at, look at what the Bible says to, to see, like, is that, is that truly what we're, how we get clean? Just doing good? Very similar to the Hindus, similar to Islam, uh, even similar to the UUs, the, United, the Unitarian Universalists. Um, is that how we do it? Is that how we get clean? Just, just doing enough good? Um, so... I want to see what the Bible says, not a website about what the Bible says. Uh, and I want to start at the beginning. Um, in Genesis, we were made good. So, like, that's good news, right? Like, oh, cool, we're made good, we're made clean. Like, does that mean no problem, we're good? Like, um, when God created humans, it said it was good. Uh, it says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And you can see, uh, if you can finish this for me, Genesis one thirty one. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. God made us, and it was good. We were made good. So like, cool, is it over? Are we clean? Like, is that all we have to do? Um, well, I want to take a look at some other verses that that, that have a different story. They have a different vibe to it. Um, and here, here's a few of them. Uh, verses like, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. As it is written, it's just a little bit more. No one does good, not even one. So what happened? Like, there's a breakdown somewhere, right? Because we were made good, and now not even one person is good. Not even one. No one does good. So, like, we were made clean, then something happened to get us to this point of dirtiness. From clean to dirty. Uh, and a lot of people would know the story, but uh, Adam and Eve who were created, um, disobeyed God, and they did that as our representative. And from then on, everyone that came after Adam and Eve had sin in their DNA. So this is bad news for us, right? Like, it started good news, like, we were made good, cool, we're clean. But then real quick, things changed. And um, just curious... Is anyone here born before Adam and Eve? Okay, so that means that we're all dirty. That means that none of us are clean. It's our sin. It, 
this, the same thing that was in them. Their sin nature is our sin nature. So that's where it becomes a problem for us. We need to find a way to go from dirty to clean again. And um, what's that look like? How do we get there? Uh, has, anyone, has anyone ever cleaned? Right? No, that's not the question. When you're cleaning, has anybody ever been like, I am just making a disaster? Like, I'm trying to clean. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to clean, but I'm making it worse. Like, it's getting so much worse. And why is that? ADD. Okay. <laughs> ADD. Good, good. Um, yeah. Dirty people can't clean. I like that. In fact, we're going that way. But... Exactly. It has to get, you have to make it messier before you make it cleaner. You have to take all the dirty stuff so that you can clean properly. And like, there's a way around this, right? And I know some of us have done it, right? I know some of us just like see that mess and they're like, wow, I should really put this stuff away. And they're like, that sounds like a lot of work. So you just take it and you like, just put it under the couch, put it under the, yeah, just dump it in the closet, right? <laughs> Because you don't, yeah, just, right. So you know what I'm talking about. Like, you could just shove it under the bed, but that's not really cleaning. That's just moving the mess around. And uh, moving our mess around, moving our dirt around, our sin around, that's not going to cut it. Like, that's not going to make us clean. Like, hiding your sin doesn't make you clean. Shifting from one sin to a different sin doesn't make you clean. Like, it doesn't work like that. We need to be clean. We need to be clean, clean. Hebrews 9.22 says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So things we already know. We know we sinned. We know we're dirty um, and that we need forgiveness, right? Like, we, we covered that. So how do we get that? What's, what's this say, anybody? Shedding Through shedding of blood. Right, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness of sins without blood. So that's getting us one step in the right direction. Um, but that seems messy. Right? And we're trying to get clean. And that's because things have to get a little messy before they get cleaner. So we need blood. We have to wash our hands in blood. And where's this blood come from? Like, could just anyone's blood do it? Could it be my blood? Could it be your blood? Uh, Matthew 26, starting at 26, says, and this is at the Last Supper. Now, as they were eating... Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins." Less than a day later, Jesus was hanging on a cross. That's messy. 
but it had to get messy. Imagine Jesus on the cross and remembering what he said hours earlier. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. In 1 John it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So that's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. That's what makes us clean. Jesus has taken his sin, I'm sorry, our sin, on him. The one who didn't sin, the one who lived the perfect life, took our sin on him and took it to the grave so that we don't have to, so you don't have to, because the reality is you can't. You're not good enough to do that. You can't do it on your own. You can't push your sin under the bed, stuff it in the closet, whatever creative ways you can move your sin around. You can't clean it. But you don't have to. You can be clean and you can be forgiven. Not what you do, but what he did. If you put your faith in him and accept him, so now there's the, the big question, right? And this isn't um, a popular thing to talk about because it seems arrogant. Uh, but is there room for the sliding scale of cleanliness when it comes to this? Like, is there room for the, well, I'm not a surgeon, but I wiped my hands in the grass real quick. Like, is there room for that? With the different religions... Like, if I just do more good than I do bad, will that make me clean enough? Like, if, if, that's, if that's what I really think, if I pray five times a day and make a trip to Mecca, is that going to make me clean enough on that scale? Like, yeah, we, we have the blood of Jesus, but is there more on that scale? It says, John fourteen six. I think I have a slide. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Where does this leave the sliding scale? Like, where, where does that put it? Is there room? Like, is there an or or an less or a but in this? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not no one comes to the Father except through me unless they pray five times a day, unless they do more good than bad, they go for good karma. There is none. There's no room on the scale. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Washing in the blood, being purified by his blood. The only blood, the only option, the only thing that could do it. So what's this mean for you? For your friends? Well, if you're trying to rub your hands in the grass to get clean. If you're trying to use hand sanitizer to get clean. If you're doing a surgical scrub with a toothpick. If you're 
dumping bleach on your hands and lighting them on fire, you're still just moving dirt around, just moving sin under the bed. There's no forgiveness without blood. And that blood is from Jesus. You need to wash in the blood of Jesus. Accept Jesus. Not what you do, but what he did. That's all I have for you guys today. Um, In a second, we'll break up into groups of three or four and discuss uh, two questions, and then you can pray for each other. Um, But let's pray. Father, we could never be good enough. Doesn't matter what we try. Doesn't matter how we try. We could never do it on our own. Thank you that you don't make us. Thank you that you made a way for us. That you let us wash in the blood of Jesus. The only blood that can save the only thing that can clean us to prepare us to be with you forever. There's no other way. I just thank you so much for that. We'd be lost without you. I pray that we remember this and we don't try to rely on ourselves, but that we rely on what's faithful. We rely on you. May you help us as we take the gospel to others. Help, help them to see that it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they do more good, but they see that they can't do enough good and that only you can and that you did. Let them put their faith in you and trust in you. Amen.